Welcome to Builder Funnel Radio. Here you'll learn about how to grow your home building, remodeling, or contracting business. If you're not growing, you're moving backward. So we want you to always be in growth mode. This podcast has really turned into a movement and community of people who want to grow personally and professionally. Here we bring you some of the best marketing, sales, and business minds in the industry so you can elevate your business. All right, let's dive into the show. Hey, and welcome back to Builder Funnel Radio. I'm your host, Spencer Powell. And in today's episode, I bring on Dwayne Johns. And he is the co-host of the Builder Nuggets podcast. But he's also been a builder, remodel, a sub, every, everything under the sun for quite a long time and ended up building up his business and then partnering up with Alaire Homes. And now he's a regional partner over there, continues to run his business. And he's also a coach and consultant to other builders and remodelers. This is a great conversation. We talk a lot about how to build systems, processes, get out of the day-to-day so that potentially down the road, you could exit or just have a lot more freedom in your business. So I think you'll get a ton out of today's conversation. So let's dive right in. Hey, Dwayne, welcome to the show. Hey, what's happening? It's, it's glad to be here, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited too. Yeah. Before we get into the weeds of the topic for today, I'm always curious, how did you get into construction and, and all this madness that we're all in? <laughs> yeah. Construction, it definitely can lead you down uh, maybe an unknown path, but you know, maybe one of the typical more typical scenarios. I mean, it was something I was involved in. I had some friends even going all the way back into high school, you know, had a few friends that had some dads in the business of GCs and painters and cabinet people. And so, you know, summer jobs, summer jobs that turned into a little bit more full-time jobs. And then suddenly the full-time jobs started telling an 18, 19 year old that, wow, there's some money to be made here. So, you know, transformed into being a subcontractor and then Let's try more hats. You know, let's open my own business and then let's not just do everything in the business, but focus on running the business. So, kind of the whole gamut, all the way from, you know, the guy stacking lumber all the way through to somebody now that's a little bit removed from my day to day business, you know, kind of focusing a little bit on the visionary role, but um, it's been fun. That's cool. Yeah. So a literal started from the bottom kind of a thing, you know, scrapping lots and all that kind of stuff. So, I'm curious how. How old were you when you first said, okay, I'm going to start my own business and kind of made that transition? You know, I think it really was early to mid-20s because I had been a, as I said, I had been working for some various, some folks in the family, plus a few other general contractors for a while, then started a business as a subcontractor at first, you know, doing various, various things around, all around construction. And then I would say it was probably... It was 19, around 1997 when I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, and, and started the business that I'm in now with my business partner, Roger Ketchum. That's when we opened up pretty much a full-blown general contracting, a custom home remodeling company. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So when you guys made that move, did you focus on certain types of projects or was it just like, we got to pick up anything we can get? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, when, yeah, when you start the business, it's pick up. Pretty much anything you can get. There was a focus then on a lot of higher end, large remodel projects. We found a, a niche in the in the Charlotte area to where that was definitely a demand, and we had a pretty strong. Both of us had a pretty strong background in it. But you know, one of the things I think that gravitated us is that we had worked for a few companies prior, and everybody's heard it. The uh, just the nightmares that people have in 
and especially in remodeling because there's people living in the home a lot of times. And we were like, man, it doesn't have to be like that. I mean, we've done enough of these that if you do a few of the right things, you plan, you stage things right, we can we can pull this off. And you know, what was cool was we not only pulled it off, but within the first year or so started really getting some rave reviews from clients and, and having fun with it, like I said. And uh, that it, that's really what kind of started it for us. That's cool. Yeah. And I'm always curious, you know, with people that that kick off their own businesses, like if you think about the first like three, five years or so, what do you think were the biggest like hurdles or just like stumbling blocks where like, man, if I could have, somebody would have told me about that, we could have shortcutted the, you know, the process <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny. We actually on... on my podcast, one of the recent guests that we had uh, talk, and it'll be out in, in, in several weeks, but talks about the business life cycle, you know, that, that all companies go through, no matter what industry you're in. And I look back at that and I'm thinking, you know, that, that early phase is really that even before adolescent infancy stage, you know, it's frankly, you're throwing, you know, you're throwing shit against the wall. You're, you're trying everything. You, you've got to be sales guy. You've got to get the leads. You've got to estimate it. And at the time we were even doing hands-on work. So, I mean, we were doing some some framing and some trim work. So I think the challenge was there's in the very, very early days, there's a lot of excitement because you're doing it. You're doing it yourself. You're doing it all yourself, whether it's good or bad. You know, there's successes, there's failures, but there's just there's just such a level of excitement about it. But it doesn't take long before that excitement turns into something that becomes all consuming, you know? I and mean, I think the challenges in the early days were were really around what what should we be doing, you know? And and I was fortunate. I have a business partner, Roger, and you know we've had a relationship for over twenty years, and 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 it's been great. I think because we were always able to bounce some things off of each other. But that was the challenge. I think that was probably the biggest for us, and and probably the the thing that ultimately propelled us as well was that we we identified pretty early what we should be doing and started to make some moves to do that. We re- we realized quickly that we can't do it all. Yeah. 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 No, that's, that's great. And uh, so maybe paint the picture of what today looks like, like what kinds of projects you're working on, and then talk a little bit more about your role. You said you're more in the visionary kind of seat now. Yeah. I guess, you know, kind of fast forwarding, you know, I would say once we got maybe into year four or five, this is back in the early 2000s, you know, starting to do some good revenue, starting to do nice, nice projects, building a bit of a team, had brought in some, some other. Carpenters, lead carpenters, and some folks that were even doing some site management. I started to realize that I needed to focus more on the sales end of stuff. Even got into a little bit of design myself. And Roger focused a little bit more on the production side. I would say as we started moving towards 2007, eight, just before the Great Recession, it was so great, right? It was great. Yeah, nothing about it. Let's let's not reproduce those those days. I mean, in, in some cases, the writing was on the wall too. I think if all of us look back at it, we probably. Could could have seen some of that coming, but you know, for us, we hunkered down. We we you know we got hurt just like everybody else. But I mean, we we scrapped and we we stayed in business. But in a way, it was a little transformative for us because we we also started to realize we wanted to. That was an opportunity for us to really focus on the types of projects, and even more than that, maybe the types of clients that we want to work with. So coming out of that, getting into around 2010, 2012. That's where there was even more of a shift. I started to get myself involved with other entrepreneur groups and dabbled around in some of the different groups that are offered by, whether it's NAHB, NARI, things like that. You know, we've heard the phrase, the working on the business instead of in the business, but I was really taking that to heart. You know, it was like, okay, what are we, 
We've got a solid 10 years or so under our belt. What in the world are we doing with this thing for the next 10 to 15 years? You know, And that's, like I said, when I really started to look from the outside in and realize that there's a lot of things that I wanted to put into the company. We needed systems and we needed processes. And ultimately, you know, what, what could we do to get this company to a point where it could run without us? And that didn't mean that we wanted to stop working by any means. Sure. But I, I think we both knew that if we could get this business to the point where it could run, without you know us having to be so involved in it that would be the ultimate outcome you know because it would give us flexibility opportunity to you know maybe set it up for sale or pass it on to someone else so that that was the focus 2014 15 and then around 2016 i actually got approached by a company called Alaire Homes which is a franchise model and that you know kind of resonated with me because of all the things that i was looking at i i came across Alaire and realized that this is a pretty good opportunity because they were kind of putting everything into one package. So anyway, they provide a lot of back-end services and things like that. So we, you know, once we did that, we got to a position where we started to embrace all sorts of things. We started to embrace, I'm not sure if you're familiar with EOS, the Entrepreneur mm-hmm. Operating System. Yep. And yeah, things like, yep, things like traction. It really started getting to that point where we were working on all of those different parts and pieces so that we could identify the various roles within the company. You know, the people that were going to be needed to, to take over certain, certain things, really delegating a lot of the things that we were doing. Part of that opportunity that I had with Alaire was also allowed me to become a regional partner for them, which in a way is sort of like a, a business coach type of role. I help to recruit other builders and models, remodelers that might be interested in what we're doing at Alaire. And then I, I support their ongoing operations. So for us, it was an opportunity for me to, you know, really, I was realizing around 2016 or 17 that that's where my focus was. You know, my personally, my interest in Remodeling and building stuff was starting to wane because I I've done so much of it. But my my passion was really around the business side, helping. What could I do to get involved, not only from my own business, but I mean other businesses, and help folks really get their head around getting the most out of their business. And then at the same time, it allowed Roger to focus a little bit more on running the day to day of of our office. And you know, in a way, I guess that's kind of the story of where we were, where we are today. And I've kind of put myself almost in like that visionary role for our our office in Charlotte. I've got a great team under me. Roger is primarily involved with the day-to-day. I try to steer some of maybe the bigger decisions and things like recruiting as well. I mean, we're always looking for, you know, great people and great trades and great trade partners to work with. So, you know, that's where my focus has shifted. And yeah, that's where we are today. Yeah. Yeah. That's super cool. And I, I feel like you're right. You know, a lot of times you just, you get going, you just kind of put one foot in front of the other, and then you kind of, you make enough progress where you can kind of zoom out a little and go, what, you know, what are we trying to to do here? And, and you make those evolutions. I feel like a lot of people get stuck in that journey though, and they don't actually get to a spot where you're at now, or they get to, you know, 55, 60 and they're going, uh Oh, like, what am I going to do with this business? You know, do I, can I even sell it? Do I have a family member I can just transition it to? You know, but there isn't like a lot of forethought. And then, and then you're kind of like the the clock starts ticking. So I'm curious, you know, from now that you've kind of been in this, you know, more advisory role and you've seen some other things, and you've probably talked to a lot of people in the industry. Where do you think most people get stuck? I would think, and again, this is looking at it from having my own business, looking at other businesses. As you know, we do the Builder Nuggets podcast, and a lot of the focus that we do there is on building freedom. You know, how do you build freedom through your business? And some of the assessments that Dave, Dave Young, my co-host, and I do on through Builder Nuggets, and 
is, you know, it's interesting when you talk to folks, one of the things we try to do is we try to get them to to look forward. Like really, you know, where are you going to be? Where, where do you want to be in five years, 10 years? And it is, it's amazing to me how big of a struggle that can be for folks. You know, and, and they they almost default back to, and you, how many times have you heard it? I don't have time for that. It's really, really hard. I've found for a lot of these builders and remodelers to think about, well, and they might come up with the, yeah, I want to, you know, I want to sail a yacht around the world or, but to really get them to actually envision themselves, you know, like, what do you want to do? What are you best at doing? And I think one of the reasons might be is I don't know that enough people actually go through a formal exercise, whether it's through EOS or there's, there's other platforms out there you can go through, but you know, to really determine your highest and best use, what what should you be doing? Where should you be spending your time? You know, I'm sure folks have heard uh, things like five. Think about five hundred dollar an hour work, thousand dollar an hour work. I mean, you know, as the business owner, that's the way you really should be thinking. Your time is very valuable. It's a very limited amount of it. And what do you have to do to get yourself to where you are actually at your highest and best? And then not just yourself, but everybody around you. You know, if you can start to put all those different team members you have. Get getting them into a position where they are functioning, doing the things that they love to do and they're great at, all of this becomes a lot easier. Hey guys, I know that if you listen to Builder Funnel Radio, you are hyper aware of the fact that the way people shop and buy, it's changed dramatically over the years. And for the last 10 years, really since I started doing all this, helping my uncle's remodeling division scale up from about 2 million to 10 million. We've been helping remodelers and builders and contractors all over the country really refine their marketing systems. And I recently decided to kind of bottle all of that up into my first book. And that book is called The Remodeler Marketing Blueprint. And you can pick up a copy by going to the website, remodelermarketingblueprint.com. You can also search for it on Amazon or wherever books are sold online. But I highly recommend you go over to the website because we've got some cool book bonuses that go along with that if you pick up a few extra copies for your friends and colleagues or your teammates. So it would mean a lot to me if you've been listening to this podcast for a while or even just a few episodes, if you've ever gotten any value out of it, head over to remodelermarketingblueprint.com and snag your copy today. All right, let's get back to the show. That's a good a good point. I mean, the vision part is just if you don't know where you're going, like how are you going to get there, right? You know, like yeah. any any road will do, or whatever the saying is. But yeah, what you said there at the end really resonated with with me personally. Is like getting the right people in some of those spots. But you kind of you have to do the vision part first, like you said. Like where where do I want to be spending my time, and where am I adding the most value? And then what are the areas that aren't that? Can you put somebody else in those seats? And I feel like sometimes that's a little scary because you may have to add some overhead or, you know, you kind of put yourself in a spot where you're going, the business works now, like profitability wise or income wise for yourself or whatever it is. But if I put in this role, I'm kind of trusting that I will then use my time to, to push the business forward and, and yeah, justify doing that. So I don't know. Did you have any of those moments like as you guys were moving along? Oh, yeah. I had a lot of those moments. And, and I think one of the big things for me was... Actually, I had joined a group called Vistage back in around 2014, 15. And it's an entrepreneur group. And I think the one benefit it had for me was it pulled me out of the industry a little bit. I had always been so focused in the industry, 
And I think a lot of us default back to, oh, well, you know, construction. It's not like construction. I don't think you understand how difficult construction... And that's that's kind of an excuse because it's business at the end of the day, you know? Yeah, yeah. So this, when I was with that Vistage group, it opened my eyes to some of these other companies. I mean, and they ranged from, I think we had like a million dollar a year graphics design company all the way up to a $200 million a year commercial electrical contractor and, and all sorts of stuff in between. But... The amazing thing to me was that the problems were basically the same. They were around people. They were around struggles. They were around people hitting the ceiling. And I think that was eye-opening for me because I realized that we are in this industry, we are passionate about what we do. I mean, we're tradesmen. We're skilled tradesmen, craftsmen, artisans to some degree. And we have, we default back to, I think we feel like we've got to have our hands on everything. You know, We've just got to touch it. We've got to see it. We've got to make sure it's just right. That holds us back, I think, at, at times, you know, and that's a big step for a lot of people is to make that move to say, okay, I'm going to, whether it's invest in something or bring on somebody else in a new role, how am I going to do that? That's just more stuff that I'm going to have to do. And the big thing for me was the collaboration factor, realizing that there's a lot of folks out there that have done it. They've already done this, you know, and that's, that's truly the answer is to get yourself in the room with these other folks that have managed to figure it out. And when you talk to them, you'll realize that well, they didn't just magically come up with it. They've been collaborating with other successful people. And that's the key. You know, whether it's just things like this, I mean, what, what you're doing with Builder Funnel, it's you get the you get a community of people that are really trying to push things forward. There's a lot out there to learn and stop struggling, stop taking so much time trying to figure it all out. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great advice. You know, as soon as you start talking to some people that are one, two, three steps ahead, you just quickly go, oh, like there is a path, there is a way. And I can learn that way actually a lot quicker and uh, and not through just figuring it out and grinding your way through it. So yeah, I want to dig into a little bit around like the idea of exiting or selling or even, you know, kind of something like you did where, you know, sold and but then you're still a part of it. And I don't know how all the details shook out, but that general concept, I think, because I would imagine that in your situation, like somebody like Alaire, they're looking for people that are at certain stages or they're looking for certain, you know, types of companies. Like what are the types of things that somebody has to be putting in place to look attractive, you know, to a to a buyer or somebody, you know, in that on the other side. It's it's interesting because we actually have, have just recorded with, uh, did a podcast with David Lutberger just a, actually oh, yeah. just a few days ago. Yep, a few days ago this week. And then, you know, that's something he's tremendously passionate about, you know? And oh, yeah. I love the line when he sits out there and when he says, you know, you have to think about it. You know, ask yourself your question, would you buy your company? <laughs> you know, would you buy it today as it is? And how much would you pay for it? And that, that's, that's a real good first step for all of us. You know, just a little bit of a check to say, ah, do I, is that what I would want? You know, would I want to step into that? Is that, am I actually buying a business or am I just buying a job? You know, and it's, it's those things I think that the big thing really is again, thinking about, can this business run without you? Can it sustain itself? Can it survive? And I think that's a good way at the beginning to start thinking about um, what are the things that I have to put in place? You know, what are all the key between positions and roles? But I think where a lot of people fall short is that they they think about exiting their business and, and the vast majority of people never put a plan in place. And if they do put a plan in place, they're scrambling at the very end when actually the company might be 
getting smaller. You know, revenues might start to be waning year by year. You know, and that's the wrong time to put an exit strategy together. You really, from day one, when you go into business, should be thinking about the end in mind. And that's what we talked about before, that that vision part, you know? And I realize, you know, when you start, you're not going to have the resources, the time and all that to put an actual exit strategy and plan right in place, but you can work towards it. And I think it is that that ability to start thinking about what do I need? Where is this company going to be in five years, in 10 years? Is it just me running it if it's a very small company? You know, if, if it's a team of five or 10 or more, you really need to define the roles in the company, all the different tasks that have to be done, the responsibilities, the processes. We hear that over and over again. You know, you've got to have repeatable processes so that it's inevitable over the lifespan of a, of a company, once you start building a team, that people are going to come in and people are going to go out. You know, And I think if you're left as the owner, as the person that has to constantly fill every gap, you're going to be in that endless loop you know, of burnout and frustration. You should, have, you should have enough systems, training, things like that in place to where when people come in, they can kind of pick the ball up. You, know? and you can kind of give them a little bit of an overview, but they can dive into it to something that's systematized and just run with it. So, I mean, I think that's, that's probably key is processes. I don't know that enough people really take the time to have defined systems and processes. So. Yeah, yeah, I think that's good advice. Yeah, and Dave and I are part of a group uh, together too, and I love that that question you mentioned because that could that could be a real gut check pretty quickly, you know, in thinking about would you buy it, your own business? Yeah, a lot of people will pause really quick, but I like your your comments around like the processes, you know, and because that at the end of the day you can plug and play, you know, and it, obviously the goal is to build a team that you know is going to be there, but. To your point, like some people will go and you'll bring bring in new people. I'm curious if you have recommendations around which of those kind of roles to try to fill first, you know, whether it's like operation side or like marketing and sales or, you know, like on the financial side. Yeah. And if someone were like maybe three to five years into their journey and they're going, okay, I've been doing a lot of everything. Like, what should I plug first? I think one of the first things you should do is whether it's through something like EOS, any of the other, even if it's a Colby assessment. I mean, you know, there's lots of different things out there, but I think it is hugely important, especially as the business owner, to understand what you're good at and what you're not good at. And it's kind of twofold there because you know, if you're good at something and you love doing it, well, then you should be working. All your effort should be poured into how can I spend my time doing that? <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean, if, if it's a bunch of stuff that you're not good at it and you struggle with it, you don't like it, I would dare to say most of our listeners, that would probably be something like marketing or designing websites. You know, I mean, it, generally builders, they don't want to do that. They don't understand it. They don't like it. And if they're stumbling and fumbling through it, well, find a solution for it. You know, so I think that's that's one of the first things I would do is is try to figure out yourself, where you need to be, what you should be focused on, and then start looking at the other key parts of the business as well to say, okay, if I've got a few other key teammates, you know, what are, same thing with them, what's their highest and best use, what should they be doing? And then suddenly what happens is you'll, you'll, you develop some gaps, you know, you start to say, hey, wait a minute, we've got, we're pretty strong on operations, we're pretty strong on the sales end, we are just a train wreck when it comes to marketing, you know, well, there's your answer, then fix that. You know, put some effort into finding somebody that's really good at it, that loves to do it, and they're going to take that off your plate. You know, but if you if you default back to going in the weeds and just trying to fumble your way through figuring that out, it's just it's layers of frustration. I like that. You know, 
figuring out what where you're strong and then plugging those other holes. And even where you're strong, you can always fill that later. And, and I think where you're headed with all this is like getting yourself out of all the seats, but you might as well be in the seat that you're really strong in and, and good at for as long as you can. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, you know, that's just, that's part of business. When you start the business, you're going to be in every seat, you know, you're going to be wearing all the hats and then you'll, and then you'll build your team and you'll start to get to the point where you end up with, well, sometimes you fumble over each other. You'll have two asses in one seat, you know, and it's all part of it. But I think when you really get a focus on the highest and best use has been something that myself and other builders that we builders remodels we work with has been it's been pretty transformative because and we've all heard it you know i mean if you're doing what you love you're going to be in a great place but it can be really hard to to identify what that is because it's real easy to just fall back to well this has to be done that's got to be done i got to run out i got to run out and get that permit you know it's just and that just eats your time but it, but once you once you flip that switch mentally and realize that man I need to spend my time my goal should be getting myself to do the things that I you know I love to do and what's it going to take to do that you know does that mean I need a certain person does that mean I need to outsource something that's a big change when somebody somebody goes through that exercise yeah yeah that makes sense yeah i feel like if if i mean a lot of us like you said got started as craftsmen of the thing you know whatever it is and so but maybe you're not not a marketer, not a salesperson. And that's the part that's uncomfortable. And it's like, oh, good. I sold something like now I can go do the thing that I want to do. So, (laughs) you know, if you can, if you can find somebody that can sell, then you can, you know, deliver or the other way, you know, if you're like, Hey, I'm strong, strong at sales and, you know, getting out of operations, you know, once, if you can just put operations to the side, then you can just go, all right, I'm just pushing the company forward, you know, but I find like the revenue side and the ops side, like when you're doing both, that's just a tough spot. And so if you can plug one or the other and just be able to hone in on the other side and like make it the best and, and really good, then that is freeing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a perfect example is is to my business partner, Roger Ketchum. You know, I mean, it was when we started to go through some of these transitions, I would say maybe five, five years ago or so. Yeah. He started to move out of a kind of a production role and into what I had primarily been doing for years was more of the sales role. And he was comfortable with it. And he's he's even he's gone through different types of you know sales training and stuff like that. So that wasn't really the, the issue. But what the issue was was he was still kind of caught on the production side. And you know, he would he would go out and try to focus on business development and doing some sales and then he'd get pulled back into production and then you know come out and take a look at this job site and the project managers everybody everybody was pulling at you know, and yeah. so we made a concerted effort to say, okay, well, what do we have to do to get Roger in his box, so to speak, is what we call this. You know what? Yep. Roger really wants to focus. We want to get him focused on business development. We want him to be able to spend the vast majority of his time doing that so that he can do it well, you know, that yeah. he can have those really great conversations with people on the front end. He can follow up well. He can, you know, impress the clients when he's going out there with presentations. And you can't do that. If you know on the way to the you know, on the way to your sales presentation, you're you're you know, you're getting called by your carpenters and you got to swing off and pick up some stuff at the lumber yard. You know what I mean? That that whole if you're dabbling in all those different things, you're not you're not a benefit to yourself or anybody else. You're just you're just working at that point. Yeah, yeah. And I love that last example you said of like you're driving to a sales opportunity and then you get a call and whether you have to deviate and go pick something up or not. Now you're mentally in a fire 
And then you have to go and be excited about selling what you're delivering. And I feel like the, your confidence level goes at you know, like your just yeah. ability to sell, sell. And so I, I found breaking those apart, like you got somebody that manages the whirlwind and then somebody that's like, I'm selling this, you know, and we're going to do a good job. There's always problems and things to solve. So I, I think that was a fantastic example there because I'm sure that happens all the time. Um, you hear it all the time. Yeah, yeah. all the time. <laughs> It's well in, in the builder nuggets world, that's that's the chaos model we talk about. You know, I mean, people trying to scale chaos, it's just it's <laughs> it's it's painful. Yeah, yeah. It's like the guy do, doing three, and he's like, if I could just double, uh, all my problems would be gone. It's like, no, nah, you're just gonna double all your problems. <laughs> you're gonna double your problems, <laughs> exactly. Dwayne, well, we we wrap up with uh, with a few more questions, but before I get to those, how can people connect with you or learn more about what you guys got going on? Um, that sort of thing. Yeah, I think you know, connect with me. One of the easiest ways is um you can find me right on LinkedIn, Dwayne Johns. Buildernuggets.com is a great way to connect with me as well. It's got my bio on there. It's linked to our shows and stuff like that. And a lot of that will feed back to my business side as well, LairHomeCharlotte.com. So right on. Cool. And we'll we'll put those in the show notes for everybody too. Dwayne, we always end with the fast five. So I'll hit you with five rapid fire questions and uh, just say whatever comes to mind. First one, favorite business book and why? Favorite business book? I'm going to just go with E-Myth. It's simple. It's mm-hmm. something that's out there. But for me, it was a big deal because it was the key takeaway. I got myself out of the technician mindset. That was huge for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Who is the most inspirational person in your life? Who is the most inspirational person in my life? I'm going to go, I'm going to go with my wife. She also has her own business. She grounds me. She motivates me. She challenges me all the time. And... She's also she's my biggest fan and my biggest critic. That's awesome. That yeah, yeah she sounds pretty awesome. Then you need all those things. So, <laughs> <laughs> and we've been married now for twenty eight years. So there's something something must work there. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. All right. If you could have one superpower, what would that be? I don't know. I've, I guess maybe a superpower would be um, time travel. Nice. Yeah. That's a good one. I'm just going to leave it there. (laughs) Yeah, we'll leave it at that. (laughs) We we could talk another hour on why, but... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you can can fill in the blanks for why. All right. Describe yourself in three words. In three words, I would say logical, sometimes to a flaw. Funny, because I I do, I, I, I try not to take myself or anything that I'm doing too seriously. And I would say passionate. Right on. All right. Final question. If you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would that be? Get yourself in a room of people that are smarter than you. I mean, I'm sure folks have heard that before, but I think you underestimate the power. Of, and do it on a consistent basis. Don't do it once a year or at some. Find something, a community, a group, and so that you are collaborating with some really smart, like-minded people on a very regular basis. Great advice. Well, Dwayne, thanks so much for spending some time with me today. Spencer, man, it's been fun. And let's make this a regular thing. Yeah, sounds good. All right. Thanks so much. All right, man. We'll see you. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Dwayne. Awesome guy and he has great experience and that's really translated into great advice for uh, those of you that are looking to kind of do something like what he's done or some version of that where you're creating a lot more freedom and either selling the business, exiting, or maybe just managing it and not actually you know, running it every single day. As always, let's pull out some action items and uh, I think I will piggyback off of his last advice there. 
get in a group, find a group where you can, you know, network and learn from other people that are further down the path than you are in their business journey. That will accelerate your your process of getting there much, much faster. You know, otherwise you're just making the all the mistakes yourself and you have to learn along the way. You'll still have to do that. So you might as well see if you can accelerate it. So I love that advice. I think that is a great Great, great takeaway. And then the second one is just reflecting back to kind of the middle of the conversation, thinking about where you want to go. So Dwayne talked about starting with the end in mind, and then what that will lead to as an action step is, okay, what do I need to fill in terms of a role, a system, a process, something that will free up more time and allow you to focus more on the business than in it? So it could be hiring somebody and training them to fill a role so that you can exit that role, or it could be jotting down that process and getting it standardized so that then you can go train somebody else to do that. Maybe somebody on your team or making that new hire. So I think those two action items, find a group and then uh, think about where you want to go and what is that first next step in terms of hiring and plugging a hole or building a system to do the same thing. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed that one. And as always, we'll see you next time here on Builder Funnel Radio. Thanks again for listening, everybody. And as a quick reminder, text RADIO to 33777 for some free goodies as a thank you for listening to the show. And if you got some value from today's episode, I just ask that you leave us a quick review on iTunes. It really helps us spread the word and grow this awesome community of people who are working to improve their lives and their businesses. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Builder Funnel Radio.